So what's one piece of advice you would give your 14-year-old self? That center part hairdo you're about to have is not going to be stylish as long as you think. (laughs) (laughs) Home to stand your ground. Hi, I'm Becca Clegg, and this is the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Join me in conversations with some of my favorite healers and helpers as we explore all the ways we can restore balance within ourselves. The world heals one person at a time, and the healing starts now. So today's episode is a really special one for a few reasons. First of all, this is our last episode of the first season, which I can hardly believe I'm saying. Um, And because it's a special episode, I wanted to do something a little different. Today's episode is going to be actually revisiting all of the amazing pieces of wisdom that we've collected over this entire season for our rapid fire question around what is one piece of advice you would give your 14 year old self? Collectively, the answers that we've received are so, to me, just important and touching and really, really speak to what I think is something that most of us can relate to, and which is how hard it is um, at that age and how often that period of our life can impact our self-worth, our self-esteem. And the information that we got throughout this season and the things that all of our guests said to their 14-year-old self were so touching that I wanted to do something special by collecting all of that and putting it in one place. And so that's what today's episode is going to be. And I just invite you as you listen to this to think about what you might have needed to hear when you were 14. That period of our life, like I said, it's so vulnerable. It's such an intensely formative period of our life that these um, pieces of wisdom that you're going to hear coming from all of our guests throughout this season really, I think, just hold such a nice uh, and and self-compassionate way of speaking to the self. So as you listen to this episode, just think about what you might have needed to hear and what you might need to hear today, because all of us somewhere in there have that 14-year-old inside of us, that inner child, that inner adolescent. And so as you're thinking about ways that you can heal, that part of you may need to hear some of these things today. I hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you so much for being with us for the first season of the Inner Alchemist podcast. This has meant so much to us, and I hope that these episodes have touched you and helped you in your healing process in some way. I think what I would say, and I have this on a plaque now in my office. Uh, my daughter gave it to me once for Mother's Day. And it's, it's sort of my, uh, the thing that I would say is not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. Wow. Yeah. I love that. And I love the way you said it. It was like pure peace. <laughs> Everything is going to be okay. My 14 year old self, what would she, Mm -hmm. what does she need to know? What she would need to know is (laughs) I would tell her to study more science (laughs) because yeah, because like astronomy and physics and things that all connects to 
the metaphysical world mm. and it gives like validation, like, you know, scientific validation to the, the intuitive, creative, invisible things that we know to be true, but it, mm. it just puts some facts behind it. And I think it would be so fascinating. If I had to start a new career, it might be science at this point. <laughs> I would tell her that it's okay that things are hard. I would I would want her to know that she doesn't have to pretend. Um I love that. Yeah. That it would be it's safe to open up. It's okay to not be perfect. Oh, my 14-year-old self. I love her. Uh-huh. Oh, I love that response. <laughs> really, I've I've had this thought that I will always have a 14-year-old inside of me. And I don't know if it was because that year was such a pivotal year for me in my life, but I just uh, I think mm-hmm. 14 is such a special age. Yeah. So so at 14, I was going through, my parents were getting divorced when, mm. in my 14th year. So that was a big year for me. And I think what one of the things that I would tell her is, well, two things. One is to find a trusted support. Oh, this really goes, Becca, this is such a good, again, a kind of therapy tie-in. But find a trusted support that you can really talk to. Um, because I was just so, you know, I was really quiet and internal and very reflective and analytical. And so I just really needed to get some of that stuff out of my head and talk to somebody who can really be a good support as I process through things. Ooh, 14. 14. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I I really, I would say trust myself more Mm. um, because I think that's a lesson that we should impart much earlier on than we do. Mm. Uh, I think there's so much focus on listen to me as a parent or, you know, listen to the teacher or whoever it is, who this, who these authority individuals are. But I think um, listen to myself, trust myself more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, think, I think that's the question. That, I mean, and I actually, I think that's something that we're continuously learning. Mm. But definitely, I, sh- I wish that someone told me that at 14. Probably what my father used to say to me, and that is, don't be so serious. I'm a very serious person. You know, I take life seriously. I mean, I look at for tennis, it's like you have to be serious to get to that level, to get the job you want, to excel as a professional. And, you know, my husband is a funny goofball and I'm a very serious person. So to lighten up. I think I have a funny side, but I'm just like a very serious person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you had a very smart dad too. Yes. Yeah. Ah, really don't diet. Yes. Do not diet. But you know what? It's interesting. I say that 
But then I don't know what I would be doing right now. I'm sure because it's it's been such an interesting journey. But no, my I I don't I still can't change my answer. I I would have told myself, don't diet, do not diet, don't get sucked into diet culture. It is a big mistake. That would be it. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to just think of one. I know. Uh, for sure, uh, to, to not take life so seriously. And um, with that, to just hold on for a while. I think I would tell her that um, in a few years, life was going to get really hard. And there would be a lot of pain. And um, to always lean into the pain that um, the none of the pain will be wasted in ways that will blow your mind. That pain will be used and it will be healed and uh, none of the pain will be wasted. So um, lean into the pain because it's going to, it's going to turn into something incredible uh, years later. I would just want 14 was I probably the hardest year of my life. And I just want to hug and hold my 14 year old self and just mm-hmm. let her cry. And, and that's definitely a part of my self-compassion practice is, you know, just having so much compassion for her. Oh my gosh, it was hard. And just want her to know she's loved and she's worthy just as she is. Oh, that is, I, that is beautiful. I think it would be that sensitivity is your superpower. So everybody that tells you that you're too sensitive can just back off. (laughs) However, you do still need to learn how to regulate your emotions. And so you better get on that right away. (laughs) I love how um, diplomatic and dialectic that is. It's so funny. I just finished writing a blog. I was like, what am I going to write about? What do I want to write about? And I happened to be putting Christmas decorations away. And so I was pulling out old boxes in the closet and um, found some old journals from high school. And I went down the rabbit hole and like read everything. And I was just (laughs) in love with and cringing at how sensitive my 14, 15, 16 year old self was. So I ended up writing the exact blog post you were just talking about, about how it really is a superpower, but you have to be so careful um, when you're highly sensitive, because if you aren't, uh, if you don't have the right guidance, um, yeah, it can, it can, you can be made to feel that it's not. Oh, um, man, 14 hits me hard too. When I think Uh about it. Um, Oh, I just want to hug her. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I feel a great deal of compassion for her. I want to tell her, you're okay. Mm. You're worthy. You're good enough. You're okay. Um, and I wish that she could take that in and feel it all the way to her bones. Yeah. Um, that's what's coming Ooh. up for me. Yeah. Feel it to her bones. Feel I it to her that. bones. I think middle school and high school are so fraught with mm. this idea of worthiness and how do we know and how do we measure and, mm-hmm. um, you know, fear of rejection and kind of all those pieces and just, um, yeah, I want her to know that, that you don't, you don't have to, as another Brene Brown phrase, hustle for your worthiness. Yes, um, yes, you're okay. Oh 
Yeah. I, I really think in talking more and more to people, they should have a Brene Brown class about in sixth grade before people get into that phase because it's so interesting <laughs> how people's responses are very, very similar and Brene's name does come up quite a bit. Yes. Um, yeah. My piece of advice from right this second is don't be afraid of breakups. <laughs> Just break oh up. Gosh. Just break up, girl. Break up. Walk away. Break up. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but I would pro- – this is maybe not a piece of advice, um, but, but my parents were not um, – they were not totally functional and there's, mm-hmm. there was, you know, maybe a type two personality disorder in there. Mm-hmm. And I wish somebody would have told me the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily given the advice, but I wish somebody would have told me the truth about that. And I feel like people were so busy being polite and thinking that they were protecting me. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you know, I'm all for, you know, when I work with parents going through divorce or separation, I'm all for, you know, not talking about the other parent. But when I, I, I do feel like there is an exception to the rule when there is a type two personality disorder, like narcissism or um, sure. borderline sure. personality disorder, because um, you're, you have to play a really different game with mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you can't win. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're in relationship with people like that, it's really easy to think there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Something Absolutely. wrong. with it's cra- It can be crazy making. And so, um, yeah, I wish somebody would have told me the truth. You know what? I would tell 14-year-old Jamie to relax. It will work itself out. Like, you don't have to worry about anything other than just being 14. I think when I was 14, I was, you know, kind of in that, let me figure it all out. Let me make sure this is good. This is good. This is good. When in actuality, I t- yeah, I just needed to stay in my lane. I, I don't know why I was assuming in a, you know, so much responsibility as a 14 year old. Um, and I think I would just tell myself, just relax. You got it. Just be 14, That's- you know, be on the basketball team, run track, and enjoy it because these days are numbered. <laughs> right, right. Oh my goodness. These days are numbered. Oh, what a good question. Um, always trust yourself. Always. You know what's best, babe. You've got this. Just trust yourself. So I think, let's see, two things come to mind. One's a little bit of a cliche <laughs> um, at this okay. point. The, 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 the notion that it gets better. So um, because my birthday is coming up, I'm about to turn 45. And if you had told my depressed 14-year-old self <laughs> that at 44, I would be my happiest and healthiest that I'd ever been, I would have not believed you. <laughs> So, um, so it gets better. Um, and then two, what comes to mind, um, is not to waste time caring about what other people think, particularly around our bodies. So I spent so much time and energy caring about what people 
thought of me and my body size and shape. Um, and that just really was a disservice to my self-esteem. Um, and so I, again, I've healed my way through that. Um, and, and I don't ever think healing is done. So I'm not at the finish line by any means, but you know, if we could teach our girls to love their bodies in particular, our young women, uh, men too, but, um, just, you know, don't waste one more second, whether you're 14 or right now, um, really caring about what other people think. Ultimately, it only matters what I think about myself. Okay, so this is a lucky question for me because my oldest is about to turn 13 oh, wow. and I'm working on a special project for her. And I was just writing her a letter for her teenage years. Um, and one of the things I wish that I could tell my 14 year old self is that, um, you know, Hey, you're going to feel a lot of fear, um, about what people think and you're going to be able to manage that. So mm -hmm. don't worry about that so much. You're going to do super hard things mm -hmm. and, um, just have confidence in that, you know, um, live your life. Do you love others? Mm -hmm. And, wow. you know, basically feel your fear and know that you're going to do things you're gonna anyway. You're going to do it anyway. Yes. So yes. that it's going to be okay. Never doubt the appropriateness of loving. Hmm. Wow. My whole left side just lit up. That's, I'm going to leave that one right there. That's lovely. What about you, Paula? Yeah. Uh, yeah, mine, that was a difficult period of my life. So um, I'm going to say it would be look for the angels amongst the crowd that they're there. You just pause with that one. Sure. I just want to feel into it. I would tell my 14-year-old self, um, I, I would help her to become more aware of the sacredness of her no. Mm. You know, I felt so, like, aware of the yes and the no of my church and my parents and my peers and 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 just i would really spend some time with her developing how to know she's a yes or a no in her body wow that is beyond powerful and i'm going to put you i'm like putting you on the spot left and right here but when you paused and you said let me feel into that is that mm -hmm. what you were doing is that uh, because i think the audience yeah. is going to pick up on that cuz i know i did yeah you were just yeah. letting the body kind of connect or yeah like like I know the response, like my mind is like Peter Pan. It just wants to leap <laughs> <laughs> and answer. Yes. Um, and my body moves at a, just a little bit of a slower pace. And one of the mantras or affirmations that I use is like, I will only move as fast as the slowest part of me mm. is ready to go. Oh. I would hug her first because she was, that was a, the, about the time that I was, mm. you know, getting to the eating disorder in, mm. in all, almost its full glory. Um, you know, 
I'm one of those people who I don't really, I would never go back and change anything because I think one thing leads to the next and that's how I'm here, you know, and most of the things that were really painful and really hard have become such cornerstones in, in what I'm able to offer to the world. So, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything for that 14 year old, but I would, I would just, I literally would just hug her and be like, you're going to be fine. (laughs) It'll be okay. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I wouldn't want to tell her anything that would spoil it either. You know, like at 14, I'm just trying to get into Stanford because I think that that's all that my life is going to be about. (laughs) And I wouldn't want to tell her that you get in so calm down. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I hear you. You know, it's interesting. I've gotten more I would hug hers than you would imagine, which I love because I think it's it's just a beautiful message. But your answer is really I, I like your answer because it also speaks to how the story is cumulative, right? And how yeah. these things that might feel like the dark night of dark night of the soul rather, you know, it's it's this hard to remember that like the story's not over. that sensitivity is a strength and that's something that I've really embraced as part of my mission in the work that I do with clients, because that's been a huge part of my healing process is just understanding that who I am naturally as a highly sensitive person, that there is strength to that and learning how to use it and where to channel that instead of feeling like there's something wrong with me or, you know, I grew up being told you're overthinking it or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're looking too deep into that. And now I'm like, Actually, I work in the world of symbol and metaphor and looking deeply into things. I would tell myself that you don't have to wear makeup to school every day and the whole world is not looking at you all the time. It's okay (laughs) to relax and be you and things are going to turn out okay. Well, I would give my 14-year-old self a very cosmic piece of advice that I couldn't have known, and that is that I will come back for her, that I will come back as an adult, and I will find you, and we will integrate, and you will never be alone again. As always, thanks for being with us for this week's episode. If you like what you heard and you think we've earned it, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Metrics like downloads and reviews are how podcasts get noticed in the busy online world, and we truly value your help in helping us spread the word about healing. Also, if you resonate with this podcast and are interested in learning more, join us in our community group, the Inner Alchemist Society. This group is a free resource where you can connect with other inner alchemists, people like you who want to be more creative and less reactive in their life. We offer resources, accountability, and monthly groups to help keep you connected to the magic inside of you. You can go to my website, RebeccaClegg.com today to get access. We look forward to seeing you there.